Here we go. Let's do this. All right. All right. All right. Um, welcome back, gentle listeners. Welcome to Wish You All the Best, a personal podcast about modern dating from the perspective of a man who goes to therapy. Uh, I'm Scott. I am a, a man who goes to therapy. And my guest for this pod is Mia Lux, uh, who I'm very, very, very excited to chat to. Hi, Mia. Say hello. Who, who also goes to therapy. So. <laughs> Hooray therapy. Hooray therapy. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, Scott. Oh, my gosh. I've been looking forward to this a lot. Um Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come in hot here. So you so you are uh, a founder co-founder of a of a, a a dating service I would call it. I'm hesitant to call it a dating app, but it's called Lavette. L A V E T T E. If you're listening and you're single, go to lavette.love right now. Just go. We'll be here when you get back. Because um, I I love this service, but I yeah I just want to get into it because I'm <sighs> a lot of what I've been doing in making content on TikTok and here is talking to people about the dating apps. The, the dating apps, I think, have really had a massive impact on how people try and look for love. There's that study out of Stanford that says that just shows like a skyrocketing number of people are meeting their partners online. And so it's just a fascinating space. Um, well, I, okay, I, I, I kind of want to like do a quick overview of like what Lavette looks like to me. But is there anything you want to say about like Lavette or that journey or like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think I just want to mirror what you said, which is that this is the way that we meet people, meeting them online, this is not going away. Yeah. There has been a profound and I think relatively permanent shift to accessing people online and meeting online. So you know, this question of like, well, should we just kill the apps? Should we never meet on the apps? Like, I think the more mature and nuanced conversation people are, are having now, which is where Levitt was born out of, isn't like, let's destroy the apps, the apps are bad. It's that like Tinder came out 10 years ago. Yeah. This technology is 10 years old. And yeah, they've iterated here and there, but but the psychology behind it is 10 years old. And, you know, we know that every 10 years, it's time for a massive upgrade. And so the idea is more like, okay, with all the great technology we have, knowing what we know now about love, seeing what happened with the apps, can we build something better? Like, is there a way to use technology to set us up for amazing, healthy relationships? That's the question. And with, that's the question with Lovett we've been trying to answer. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So can I, so I, for the listeners um, who have not yet paused the podcast and gone to Lovett.love, um, if I can just describe it, Lavette is, and when I'm making up my profile on Lavette, I record these these very cute little videos. That they're very, it's very straightforward. I really like the way you guys did it. It's really clear about what each video is looking for. It's not super long, but it gives you the opportunity to like talk about some sort of important and I think uh, it's introspective and um, so like emotionally intelligent questions about what a relationship is, which is one of the reasons I love it because it's like filtering for people who are ready to talk about that kind of thing. Um, and let's put a pin in the filtering because there's a lot of reasons why I love that. Um, and there are kind of like events, like I, I've been invited to events that happen virtually and you get to join this thing. And it's like, uh, it's like a zoom call, but fun. Like you, you hop into the vet and, and someone is giving a talk on some side of, uh, I think the one, that I went to was about like sensuality or something, but it was like a smart person who's an expert in the field talking about stuff that matters to people who are single and, and looking for love. Right. Which I are all things that I think that's kind of why I'm hesitant to call it a dating app. Um, and if this sounds like just a shameless plug for Levette, it really is. But like, uh, you know, 
because it's it's like but, trying but to create community. No, but, but it's not an app, right? Like, again, like we have an app which is coming out at the end of this month. Like the app is like you would be part of a social club. Like let's say you joined the Soho House or you joined Core Club or any of those kinds of members communities. Mm-hmm. You're part of like, you know, they have a brick and mortar club and then you have like an app that goes along with it. We have a virtual social club. And the re- and listen, the reason we built this isn't like, uh, listen, I would never have built this if I didn't have to. Like I am like you, I am, I've been obsessed with romantic psychology my whole life. Like my background, even when I was a lawyer, you know, it was really in criminal law, born out of this fascination with the human psychology, born out of why we behave the way we behave. And then seeing over time that, you know, when it comes to our human behavior, love and how we show up with love and relationships, not only does it bring out the, the worst in us and the best in us, but it has the most significant impact on the happiness of our life. It's like yeah. the most amazing entry point into understanding ourselves, making ourselves better, happier, building fulfilling lives, right? And so, you know, we think about with LeVette, I was like, man, the reason why the apps suck is because the apps completely ignore all the good psychology, all the good research that's ever been done on what makes a happy relationship, what makes people fall in love. It's like they just pretend they don't know, but they do know. And like you and I have talked about this and this is why I love anyone who's listening to this, who's been single. I'm like the people do know, just like Instagram knows that they're destroying the self-esteem of young girls, just like, you know, Facebook knows they work on algorithms that create sort of addictive behavior patterns. Like they absolutely know. Yeah. But they're they're companies. <laughs> and so yeah. the dating apps, the dating apps aren't built to get you finding love. You find love despite how they're set up, not because of how they're set up, right? Yeah. They're built to make money. They're built to keep you on. They're built to monetize. They're built to make you feel scarce and so you pay to get more visibility. They're built they're, yeah. like you have to remember these are companies, they're not Cupid. <laughs> yeah. You forget that, right? I was talking to my uncle about this, who does work in like the venture capital space, and he and he uh, looks at this stuff, and he and he sort of keeps an eye on like how profitable these things are. He he says that they're not like explosively like unicorn startup profitable, which I I think you have to be like a Google or, or you know you have to be like a really weird company to do that. But they're very very profitable. Like they 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 know what they're doing, and I think and my kind of pet theory on this is that like I don't do you remember OkCupid? Um, yeah. it's, it's still there, but people, it is, yeah. people don't use it quite as much. Or I have found that not a lot of people use it. Um, okay. Cupid took a lot of work. Like you really had to like answer a bunch of questions and you, you had the opportunity to put, put in like a bunch of content. Um, uh, and you know, I, I, they'll give you like a percent match with someone, right? Like they'll, they'll just like show you like, here's the questions you answered similarly and that kind of thing. And I think that approach to dating lost to like the gamified it's the swiping version simply because of like ease of use like the low barrier to entry meant that and and dopamine spikes sure yeah sure it's literally addictive. it's, it's not just easy it's addictive yeah it's it's very addictive and i think that's something we forget about dating apps is that it's not it's yeah. not just the straightforward functionality we think it is in the same way that you can end up in a two-hour reels rabbit hole. I mean, there were days I would be on one of these apps and like I would I can't even tell you how many like I would look outside, I'm like, when did the sun set? I've been here for 90 minutes swiping, thinking, well, maybe if I swipe I swipe, well, maybe if I just swipe for like 20 more people. Like maybe mm-hmm. in the next batch of 20 people, there'll be somebody, right? Like and mm-hmm. this perpetual hope. And then when you meet someone that's you get a match, like the dopamine, woo! 
you know, a message, oh, a match. And yeah. I think we, I think we are, we, we vastly underestimate the impact of this stuff on our brains. I think we do. Yeah. I've absolutely been like swiping on the toilet once and had my legs fall asleep and been like, oh, I've been doing this for too long. Um, yeah. And this, this is such a normal experience, right? And and I'd also just say, listen, I while I don't love the dating apps, and just for context, I came out of a marriage, we did a conscious uncoupling. I was so excited <laughs> about getting on dating apps. I was like, yeah. It had been five years since I'd used them. And I had, you know, back then when I was using them, Tinder had just become not totally weird. Uh Like it'd gone from being like a sex app to like, okay, well, people kind of actually use this, right? Uh And the novelty of that experience was quite exciting. But when I jumped back on it in this kind of, I'd say, in the world where it becomes super normalized, everyone was using it, all these kinds of, the types of ancillary behaviors had been cemented, I I was shocked. And I was like, wow, like coming from an, an outside perspective, it took me like a week or two to really go, I don't think this is super healthy. Like I, and they can see like this, they say people who use Tinder, the self, the effect on people's self-esteem is really interesting too. It's it's not like a, like we said, this isn't a neutral tool. This isn't some neutral tool designed to help you get connected. This is a sophisticated technological platform designed to make money, fighting for your attention, fighting for your time. Uh, I, I spoke to someone once who was, they worked, you know, with Tinder and they were speaking to someone on Tinder's board and the success criteria for Tinder is, did someone send a message and did someone send a message back? That's what they care about. Yeah. That's considered success, right? So, yeah. but in the context of like, what does it take to build a healthy, functioning human relationship? It's just, it's just so much more complex than that. Um, and so these yeah. sort of reductive systems have stripped away so much of the kinds of opportunities and vetting and socializing we would have had to meet people and make those decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the the pro, and there's a big pro, which is that it gave us abundance. Yeah. You are now connected to every human in your area. <laughs> yeah. Whereas before you were forced to date, you know, your people that your friends knew or the people at work, right? And so, like, I think we can celebrate the fact that now there is an abundance, which means, to your point, we can be as freaky as we want. I know you're into, like, Dungeons and Dragons and this and that. Like, <laughs> you, can, you can build your list of your dream girl and you can hold out for it because you now have access to all these people and I promise you she's out there, right? Yeah. So I think there's a real pro to it. Um, the question becomes, what's the journey from here to there? And, and how, does a pla- how does a platform help with that in a way that's healthy? Um, which I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like the other platforms have done well. Yeah. And we're trying. Listen, we're like, and to your point, like we're a brand new company. Everything I built with Olivia, every feature of Olivia is a conscious response to something I hated about the dating apps. Like I really built this yeah. for myself. I was like, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> and it turns out I wasn't the only one. So that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So 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 filtering. I, I had a pin in that. I, I like. I, 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 abundance. I think abundance is like, like you say, it's a double-edged sword, right? It's both the benefit and the difficulty, right? Because it's just exhausting. It's exhausting for men and for women in different ways. Um, uh, we just talked about that on, on your podcast. If you're listening, you want to hear about that, go find, what's your podcast called? It's called Remind Mia me. Lux and Love. Mia Lux and Love. Go, go find that. If you, if you enjoy this stuff, you'll enjoy that. I enjoy it. I listen to it. Um, yeah, so we just talked about that. It's, it's exhausting for men and women in different ways, uh, and it's because of that abundance, right? So, like, 
for, for something like Levette, um, what I like about, well, I mean, what I like, there's two things that I really like about Levette. The first one is that it's, it's a, it's a paid service. Like you have to, at some point you're going to, you're going to, uh, put down some money to, to use the service, which I really, really like because that means that everybody else that I'm going to meet there has made the decision that it is worth it to them to financially invest in finding somebody. And, and right? we're not going to punish you. I think this is one of the things like we, it's very important to understand a company's economic model to understand yeah. what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. So if you have a free system like Tinder, like Hinge, like anything like that, Bumble, you're getting on for free, but you're not. Like what they're going to do is they're going to punish anyone who's free and reward anyone who pays. Yeah. So you end up being baby stepped into a model where to act to actively and, and effectively use their system, you do have to pay. It's just in chunk and a chunk and a chunk. And so you end up in a situation where you don't know how much you're paying. You know, when I when I was going through this the research on this, I went I used every single app I could and I tried it at every level, premium, this, that, like I played with all the levels. And I, and I see it, like, I, I totally understand what happens. And especially if you're a man, I can imagine where, you know, trying to get access to see who liked me, who like all the questions you want to know, things you, people you haven't swiped on yet, who swiped on you and you pay to access all these features, right? So the idea that it's free, it, there is a free version, but how mm -hmm. they make their money is, is in a kind of gamified way, mm -hmm. which you can end up spending, I think the average people who date spend like average of $1,600 a year on dating systems. So I, you don't I, notice yeah. it, but like 20 bucks here, 40 bucks here. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, one of the decisions we made was, yeah, like we are a membership club. And the idea is that we will charge a membership fee. And then our main priority is to make that experience as amazing as possible for the members in the club. And so then, you know, you're not, it's just a, it's a different flip of a model. It's one that to me feels like it has a little bit more integrity to it. And again, like I think when it comes to love, when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, these are not just, we're not selling a product. We're, we're facilitating deep, nuanced human interaction. And I yeah. think doing that well is what gives people a chance to actually find good love. I, I, I think it's really cool. I mean, I think on the, like to, to harp, I can, cause I can complain all day about how evil I think the apps are. Like, I, I think e even worse than the sort of sneaky, I think it's even worse than what you're saying about, well, I, I to go a step further, like, yes, I, I know that I've spent more money than that when I was using the apps on a year. Like, I, that's why one of the big reasons why I started using a matchmaker, because I just looked at the budget and I was like, why don't I just hire a human being to do this? Because they're going to do a better job than I am, you know, and I'm, I'm already shoveling this money at, at match group. Um, and I think it's worse than that, right? Because in tech, there's this saying that like, if you, if you aren't paying for a service, you are not the customer, you're the product. Oh and I my God. Ooh. <laughs> that and is, I, can you just say that again? Yeah. If you're not paying for a service, you are not the customer, you're the product, product. right? And this is true for social media where you're using it for free because TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they want to watch what you're what you're clicking on, what you like, because they want to show you ads, right? The customer is the people that are buying the ad space. On the dating apps, there are ads, um, but on the dating apps, I think the real, the part that's really twisted is that most women don't pay for dating apps because they don't have to, right? The app just sort of like puts the men who have swiped right on them into their card stack. And if you're a woman swiping on the apps, depending on where you are and depending on a lot of things, but like you're going to bump into men who have swiped right on you eventually. But the problem is that like 
it, the, the app is not designed to give you a positive experience. The app does not care if you have a nice time. And as you say, the app does not care if you get past those first two messages. The app is just engineered for a woman to be there so that men can pay money to improve their odds of matching with you. So it's it's not, I mean, in some ways, it's it's going to be a positive thing, maybe, if you're looking for a lot of people to match with you, if you're looking to see that little number in the red bubble go up, and if that's like a positive thing for you, which I think is also kind of pernicious. Um, but yeah, I think I think one of the reasons why there aren't a lot of women on the dating apps is because it, it, they're not designed to be enjoyable for women. Like women are the, are the products, they're not the customers. And, and that's actually interesting because like, you know, as, as a new company, the, you know, like we talked about this, our biggest challenge is adoption, right? And mm. because our, our functionality is so different to every other system, people have to like really learn our system. People are like, what, like, what are you, right? Like, yeah. what is this whole new universe of being? So, you know, one of the challenges we face is really communicating that well and letting people see it. But what's super interesting is that we just have an overabundance of women. So we have the, we have a really interesting reverse problem to every other dating site, but we created a world where, you know, as well as the video profiles and the vetting, we background check everybody, right? So we've created a world of like, this is a safe environment for high quality, connected, committed individuals yeah. who want to create whatever kind of love they want to create, but they're all self-aware in some way. They're all, they all care about the quality of their connection. And of course, like we talk about this, like in-personal development tends to skew mostly towards women as well. I think women are pushing a lot of the stuff, like the like all the sort of therapeutic models forward. There's a lot, they tend to be the first adopters. And so it's fascinating to me to watch women show up and pay, you know, like we, we did a few rounds first. We did like pay this and pay that. And like women really being like, I will pay to be part of something better. And that was really interesting to me because I think, yeah, I agree. I think the the, the apps have traditionally used women as the products. And I yeah. think we have felt that. And on the other side, I think men have felt really used too, where they felt like punished and used and made invisible, <laughs> yeah. which is a terrible feeling too. So I think both sides have felt the ickiness of that relationship, you know, and um, yeah. yeah, so it's it, it's definitely an interesting, I think, I think now 10 years in, people are aware of and looking for a different experience. It's, it is very interesting. Yeah. Mm. And if, you know, for men, it's, it's like a, it's like an emotional casino, you know, and I, and I, I don't even think that the modern gamified apps, like, like, I, I don't know. I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, I, I don't think they're like actually evil. I think, I believe that everybody at those companies like set out to try and make something where people could connect, you know? And then at some point, some product managers sort of noticed that like, well, if we tweak this thing, actually, it's going to increase our revenue by this small percentage. And, they, and the, the investors are like, well, we need you to turn in more revenue this quarter in order for numbers to go up. And so you keep making small tweaks along the way. And like five years later, somebody looks around and it's like, oh, we've, we've kind of made a casino. There's like sporadic reward. We've engineered it to try to get the men to pay more money for super likes and premium and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think, I think it's really like, I think it's a casino. Um, and those are addictive, you know? They're addictive. You know, and I think it's again a, a choice for people to make. I think there's a, a whether it comes to social media or dating apps, there is very much the story that well, everyone's everybody's responsible for themselves, everybody's responsible for their own success. And I do think, yeah, of course, people do have a vast capacity to impact their own experiences. And like, I do feel like you're working within a system, and a system that's built in a very certain way, it's rigged in a certain way, and 
I, I, especially for people who feel discouraged on the apps, I think I always try and remind them like the apps are not built in your favor. This is not you. Like you don't have to take it personally. Um, when you really understand the economic incentives of the apps, why they're built, how they work, you can take it less personally and just understand like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in romance roulette. Like this is the game we're playing and there's ways to play it well, but, but really getting that you're operating within a very specific technological structure <laughs> yeah. applied to human romance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I do, I really do like Levette. I'm not, I'm not just saying that because you, you're a, such a kind person. I like the app that you're making, the, the platform that you're making. Thank you. Um, how, the, my, the only thing that's hard for me about Lovette is that there aren't enough people in there. Like I, we need more people, right? Because like you can't use a dating club or system or app or whatever that doesn't have enough people in it for yeah. you to meet because, right? I know. And like this has been like our that? chicken and egg. Yeah. This, I've yeah. actually, this was something that came up um, in the last, like really the last few weeks where we started to like, put our feelers out and open for applications and you know eventually just realizing that this chicken egg situation of people want to come to something that's open but we didn't want to open with something with no people so this is like how do you <laughs> like yeah. how do you do this without you know buying a bunch of russian bots or something ridiculous keeping the integrity <laughs> right. of the quality and the answer for us is like and which is actually what we're opening next week is i realize that you know the functionality of Levet itself is is actually, like I said, like a social club. And a huge emphasis is on learning. You know, the type of people who come to us are people like you who are self-aware. They're they are engaged. They want to learn. They want to know. They want to talk to interesting people. They want to hear from interesting people. And a big part of the world is uh, almost like an educational platform. We have learning resources. We have masterclasses. And so having these features already built in, we realize that like what we can do first is launch what we call Levet Learn, which is like Levette in its learn mode. So we're saying while we build our community, the doors are open and we don't push the dating system so hard. So we say at this point, anyone who takes a bet on us comes in for free. Really, like I'm putting up the siren call of like, let's build something better. Like let us actually make a decision to invest our time and energy into something different. I understand that requires a leap of faith for a lot of people. And so the decision to open the doors for free while we're in that community building mode. So come in, learn. There's weekly masterclasses. There's still people there. You can connect. Like it's all there, but everybody understands they're coming in as the very first people, the very few first few hundred thousands of people who are laying down the 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 kind of the bedrock for that platform. And then once we hit a point where there's enough people that it can feel like a delicious, juicy dating service, we'll push all the dating features. So there are some functionalities like the stuff we tested with you. Um, there are some functionalities that we will only work well if there's enough people. So we just keep those for that moment. And then and then we can go into the model of what we call Levette Date, which is like, okay, cool. Come in as a member. It's a membership fee. And there's enough people inside. It's, it is a very bold, brave thing to try to launch any kind of new platform in this day and age. There's so much competition for attention, time. Uh, you know, attention and time. Never even mind money. No one, it's not even the money. It's attention and time. Um, and... I, I just can't shake it because every single person I talk to has the same story, tells the same horror stories. Like there's nothing that anybody has built yet that impresses me. And so, you know, we built something very different, very bold, but I, I deeply believe that there are enough people who are coherent enough and who are disappointed enough in what's out there 
that we will create a beautiful experience for our members and they will bring the other people who are like them. And we will build a different way of relating and meeting and engaging based on that. I love that. I love that so much. And I, I, yeah, I, it's, I want it to work. I really do. Right. Because like, but I, I just, the, like the, the pessimist, not the pessimist in me, but like, it's hard. Right. I mean, because the, the reason that somebody downloads Tinder is not because they're really, really pumped about Tinder. It's because they feel like, well, that's where the people are or, or hinge or, what, or whatever the big one is in your area. Right. You go like, well, I want to go. I want to go to the party where all of the people are, because that to me feels like those are my best chances of bumping into somebody who's going to, you know, be looking for what I've got and be what I'm looking for. Right. But um, I think about it this way, too, because I agree. I think there's like a there's a type of ease and access that happens with those apps where you're like, okay. But then I would invite you to consider the extraordinary effort people go to to meet people in other ways. So for instance, I have a friend who goes to a certain workout class, or workout gym, and every time she goes, she's going half because she hopes she's going to meet somebody. I, I know friends yeah. who will do the social circuit. They'll go out to three parties because they hope they're going to meet somebody. I, I think that, you know, there has this path of least resistance has been created, which people funneled into, but people have such a hangover from it, right? People know that it's not actually as effective as they thought it was. And I, I just like, I bet on the deep irrepressible urge to be in love, to be connected, to be in healthy relationship. I do think this is one of the most motivating forces in the world. I remember, you know, when I'm, I'm partnered now, but I remember as I was like single and dreaming about like really like I'm going to make a stand for making a high quality relationship, the heartache every single day of even when I had the best day of coming home and being like, I have no one to share my amazing life with. And like the heartache of that, like what the things I was and, and did do to go find my person were extraordinary lengths. I traveled countries. I like I went to crazy events. Like, and so I do think people go down the path of least resistance. But remember, how many there's there's 130 single million single Americans. 130 million single Americans. 50 million of those are over 50, right? Okay, there are a lot of single people in America. I only need the tiniest amount of those people, the type of people who are over it, who are wired, who give a damn, who want good love. I just need a tiny amount of those people to make a thriving world because those people aren't looking for those other people. They're looking for each other. <laughs> and that's the fun of Lovette too. It's like, like in the same way you said about your dating profile, you'll, you'll share. I like Dungeons and Dragons. I like this. And you know, that's going to turn a bunch of girls off. But the girl who looks at that and goes, yeah, oh my God, this guy's like, he goes to the gym. He's cute. He's hot. And he's kind of geeky. We're gonna, oh, we could probably do the same things. That girl doesn't it likes you more right so like i i really and we talk this about this in the vet we say your truth like flying your freak flag is how you find your people and the is like a giant freak flag we are saying we are hard we are hard to get into we are work you have to care because the only people i want in that world are people who care i don't want the person who's going to download hinge on thursday and delete it on sunday and then download it on tuesday but doesn't really want to do any work for themselves and I'm like i don't want that person that's what Hinge is for. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truly. I mean, yeah, because right. And in this, I mean, where my mind goes for that, um, you know, I, I think that the, the dating apps have kind of become social media and in some ways social media have kind of become dating apps. Yes. Instagram is a dating profile. Yeah. 
I, I and TikTok, like a, a lot of people, well, TikTok's a different, well, I, I think also TikTok, I think there's, there's interesting things to talk about there, but like the, the problem with that is that like social media are designed to make you feel good when a lot of people like what you've got going on, right? And on a dating app in, in romantic connection, I'm not looking to have as many people as possible be into me. I'm looking for one person and not the one person, but I'm just looking for someone who I'm going to be able to grow that awesome relationship with. Right. And so like the paradigm, like just, just the foundational framework of, of what social media is and how it works and how it, how it gets people into the system is, is all based on you trying to get views and likes and lots of other people to give you a very small amount of effort. Right. And I don't want a small amount of effort from a lot of people. I want a ton of effort from one person. And, and I think this is this is a really good point because think 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 again about what you're selecting for. I think this is where when you think about it through this perspective, most people are looking for a serious relationship. There are many different styles of relationships out there. I think people are exploring, but the vast majority are still looking for like a classic partnered monogamous relationship. And what makes that type of relationship work? Actually, and all of the others, communication connection, respect, right? Going deep with somebody, feeling that they care about you, feeling the focus of their attention, feeling the willingness to show up and work through hard things. Relationships are work. They require effort. They require someone caring. Your willingness to do that is one of the most foundational sort of like predictors of success. So if you're on a system, which is a very low willingness system, you don't really have to care. You don't really have to put much effort in. You're already like you. You're already like I don't know. Yeah. One of the choices that, gosh, from a business perspective, yeah, it makes it tougher for us. But I think for the people inside, it makes it easier. Is that by having a filtering system where people have to care, the type of people who come in already meet that type of like coherent, capable of having a relationship criteria. In fact, my team and I laugh because like you know we've been getting you know like now we have the, the floodgates are open. We deal with a lot of applications. We've already like filtered someone out on a background check. We found that they had a stalking charge against their ex-girlfriend. We already filtered people out because of their behavior in their videos. You know, like we've already had to like filter people out, even people who care and are trying. Like there are so many different catch points in terms of coherent, self-aware people, right? And even just watching people crumble in the application process because they they're they find something about it annoying or this and they lose their like they go nuts at our customer service people in a way that someone who's disordered goes nuts right Mm -hmm. so we have a really high triggering system that just catches all the incoherent people (laughs) so if we laugh we're like we are annoying enough that that like anyone who's not coherent and cares um won't get through and and like yes that makes it harder for me because how many people get accepted versus how many people land on the website and apply but I, I, I'm trying to build something where the quality of the world is higher. There's a sense of community. The, the functionality that we use is based on this idea that, which I really believe in. I, I built a bunch of sort of like high-end virtual communities and some in-person communities. There's one event that I've participated in and helped build. And the amount of marriages that have come out of that event blow my mind. And I'm always like, why? Why does it work? I'm like, well, because... It's an application-only system, so people apply because it excites them, so values aligned, everyone who's drawn to the same thing, 
it's roughly half men, half women. They all fly into one place and then they have a shared experience where they're learning, they're socializing. It's about personal development. They're pushing the boundaries. And so, you know, out of that experience is birthed a lot of connection, a lot of rapport, a lot of feeling um, like you're getting to know somebody. And so I was like, I think we can build a virtual experience of this where there's a vetting. So you have already a baseline level of trust for the people you meet in the world. But then the world is a social world. Like you said, we have social experiences. Like the way you connect, there's like the traditional dating algorithm, you'll get suggested introductions or whatever. But most of the way you meet is how you would meet socially. And so you have a chance to kind of feel each other out. You used to meet friends of friends or colleagues. Like this is how we used to meet people and meet our partners was in the socialized context. And so it just changes the dynamic of how it feels and changes the dynamic of, I guess, like the organic, the organic development of attraction and the relationship um, in a way that I just, I think we say it's like we're rehumanizing dating. And I really believe that it's like taking it out of these, these dehumanized systems that turned you into a product and putting you back into a social human environment. But with the added abundance as we build of accessing people online. Right. So I think that's the trick, having that feeling of socialized experience, but still leveraging the abundance that digital dating gives us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, that's, I mean, I, I, I'm still excited. <laughs> it, it sounds like a great project. I think it's the right way to do this kind of thing. And, it, you know, and, and it makes me think of like, just kind of big picture, like the function of community mm. in tri- finding romantic connection. Right. Well, like, you, well, you said this just now on my podcast and it, I really, it really landed with me this idea, especially for men, that there's such an overemphasis on relationships and not not actually having friendships or community that can kind of support you and fill you up during the process. And so you're feeling you're either like completely alone or you're partnered, which is such a false dichotomy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right. So like, like, like for men, like we were talking about before, like for men, finding community, being vulnerable, getting sort of your sense of connection uh nurtured and and fed by friends family people people who who like i I always say like it's like you want to see and be seen right like be vulnerable be open with somebody and men for the most part we're not we're not great at doing that at least for the past i don't know few generations i guess in western culture but like the the uh, i also think that over the past at least at least for my generation our generation like I think community has been hard for other external reasons. I think the internet has driven some of that because whether it's working remote um, or just like finding things to do on the internet away from other people, but also like there are bigger, like bigger picture trends here. Like I have another podcast where I'm always talking about housing policy because of course I am because I'm a nerd. Um, But I think, you know, I think the past, I don't know, 50 years or so, like at least in America, especially out West, we've decided to live far, further and further away from other human beings. We've decided to commute everywhere and drive everywhere. And I think that also has kind of, I, I think anyway, I think there are a lot of things happening that are making it harder to have and find community. Um, uh, and, and I think this is like the dating apps and the internet is just kind of a part of that. And in a way, you know, I think these dating apps um, are, are kind of trying to fill a need. They're trying to, uh, or at least they, they see the demand, I think, for, for that need, for, for connection, right? Which then, um, if you think about like both men and women, one of the complaints I hear all the time is like, oh, 
so many people just go on the apps because they want validation or so many people go on the apps because they just they just want to chat to someone and they disappear. And I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people that jump on the apps seeking connection and not necessarily seeking or being prepared to have like actual serious romantic connection or even show up on a date, but this like feeling of being lonely and maybe Instagram isn't hitting your buttons today. Maybe you didn't get enough likes on TikTok and like, well, let's try Tinder or let's try Hinge, right? Like, and again, I think we have been trained into the style of, of seeking connection through I call like pseudo connection, which is so much more dangerous than no connection, right? Because if you have pseudo connection, you think you're connected. <laughs> but you're not actually giving you what you need. You have the illusion of being connected, but then you're like, why am I still hungry? You know, you, it's empty calories, right? And so exactly, I was going to say that. Like, totally. If, if you were if you were totally alone, had no connection, you would know that, and you would go and hunt and look for real connection. But I think people are trapped in this kind of like weird pseudo land of thinking they're connected thinking it's working but feeling at the end of the day super lonely and disconnected and i think it exacerbates the issue i don't i don't think anybody jumps off a 36 hour hinge binge feeling better yeah agreed <laughs> i love that metaphor of, of empty calories right because like it when you when you pick it up and put it in your mouth that unhealthy candy scratches that itch on your brain and your brain goes like great these are calories wonderful it's got it's but, got like the salty sweet hit point like, yeah. but, it's, but it's got no substance yeah and if you eat that for too long and if that's all you're getting out of community that's going to be super unhealthy that's going to hurt you in all kinds of ways well i mean and one I, of the and one of the things like I, i've been battling you know and again a hard decision i made but i stand by it maybe and listen like if if humanity proves me wrong no worries like i feel like I feel like good love is worth making a stand for. Like this company and choosing to build something that I believe in feels worth trying, even if it doesn't work. Um, but one of the things I decided was like, I feel so much of the antisocial behavior that came out of the apps was was trained into us. Those apps created a world where it was easier to disappear with each other or the anonymity and the lack of accounting meant that you could you could take your anger out on a stranger and never have to face consequences. Like these systems brought out the worst in us in so many ways. And there is a retraining required to bring us back into community because if you want healthy, nourishing, connective relationships, you have to have relational skills. You have to know how to conduct yourself. You have to know how to hear a no and be grateful, be like graceful and grateful around a no. You have to know how to give a no. You have to know how to say a yes. Like you have to teach people these skills again. And like we built into Levit an anti-ghosting system, which I'm so excited. We push it live in a few days, which is really exciting. Yeah. And, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is like such a hardcore thing to choose. But again, the pain point around people ghosting is so real and and I believe you can't make it hard for people. If I said, hey, listen, no ghosting allowed in Levette. You have to write the message and then hear. I'm like, it'd be an absolute disaster. Yeah. But I was like, let's automate it. So after you've done a video date with somebody, you just click a button. I'm interested in more. Just friends. Close connection. And we moderate that interaction depending on what each person clicks. Like Levette sends the message, right? So if the only use case where there is a discrepancy is someone wants to be more than friends and someone wants to be just friends, which is most dates. Right, <laughs> and right. so what happens is someone clicks just friends, someone clicks, I want to be more than friends. Our system goes back to the person who clicked more than friends. And before they send a message to all of them, they say, hey, listen, looks like th there wasn't a spark. 
they'd like to be friends. Do you want to be friends or are you done talking? And so they get to choose. And then based on that complete interaction, we'll send a message to both parties. And so this way, like everybody gets to save save face, but everybody's time is respected. And if you don't click the button, you get a ghost badge on your profile for a week. And if you do it three times, we suspend your account. You've got to do a call with the valet. Like, it's funny. It's like you'll get a little ghost badge that follows you around. Like, hey, you ghosted someone. You had, you had accountability. Yeah. You just had to click a button. You didn't do it, right? Yeah. So like all these little ways that I'm like retraining people around respecting each other's time, being kind, like clarity is kindness, making it easy for people. Even when they come in, like we have the six Levet agreements around respect, around participation around integrity and you know like i don't you know i know i know you haven't been to burning man but for anyone who has been to burning man or has heard of burning man they have 10 agreements like they're the 10 burning man principles that everybody has to read and it's such a big part of their culture and so when people show up at burning man they suspend all their normal ways of behaving and participate in this way human beings are primed for these sorts of things they're primed to be taught about what kinds of behaviors are acceptable in a community. But someone has to set the frame, someone has to set the container, and someone has to lovingly enforce it. <laughs> so I think Hinge isn't going to do it. Tinder's not going to do it. We're small enough and we're bespoke enough that you know we really can. And of course, we're, I'm sure we're going to mess up in a thousand ways and it's going to take a real process to figure out how that lands as we scale. But I do think creating a space where we, we retrain the skills so that people start having nourishing, connective experiences is really important. And if someone doesn't know how to regulate themselves or how to you know, communicate well or handle themselves, they're not going to be able to do that and they're going to stick with the junk food. And that's fine. Yeah. It's not for them. I have to wrap this up. Thank you so much for making time. Um, I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. Um, um, yeah, we are such geeks about dating and love. It is, it's like you're such a pleasure to talk to about this stuff. I know, I know that you deeply care. And I, I love watching your TikTok, what you share. You know, obviously hearing them from the male perspective is super helpful. I would say I think a lot of the ladies do love seeing a good, a good intelligent, hot single man sharing about dating. So you're doing, you're doing everyone a favor. <laughs> you're very sweet. Thank you. Likewise, um, I love your stuff on TikTok too. But I, I mostly love what you're doing with, with Lovette. I think, I don't know. I, I, I just, I have a blind faith in the possibility of that kind of thing because yeah, like I was saying before, I, I think, I think the dating apps right now are those empty calories and it's going to be, I don't know how we do it, but I just think, I hope that we find a way to get to using modern technology, the modern world that we all live in, because we're not going back, right? Nobody's going to sh- turn the internet off. And I, I want, I want to believe there's a way for us to move forward and still, find those healthy relationships, connect with each other in these awesome ways that we're able, because um, like I kind of just said on, on on your podcast, and I think you agree, like it, it feels so possible. And so it feels so possible to, to find a really amazing relationship and like push comes to shove. I'm so lucky in so many ways, right? I, I It's a great problem to have, but like, that's what I want to do with the next 50 years of my life is like find an awesome person and grow an amazing relationship. Like to me, that sounds like just the best use of time for this miraculous gift that and, I've and got. Here's, you know and I mean? here's what I would offer you, Scott. What you say to me, I hear this out of the mouths, out of people, amazing people. There are, there truly are enough people who care and who want the same things. I think we are, we are coming out of an era 
of unconsciousness where people just did whatever. We're recognizing that normal relationships aren't necessarily healthy. People like say, like they're going to therapy, they care, they want to date people who go to therapy. I believe in this. Like I, and like if it's not Levette, if we're too early, no worries. But I trust and I have a feeling that something something will emerge that allows people to do this. I believe in us. I, I bet on humanity for now. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Thank I you love so that. Much Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, for all of my listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, Mia, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is Lavette, L-A-V-E, L-A-V-E-T-T-E dot L-O-V-E, Lavette.love, right? That's right. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and, and like, yeah. so you guys know, we're in that learn phase. So we are free now. If you come in at this point and you believe in us and you take a bet on us, you literally get to be free forever. You are our founding members. You are the people who are the early adopters. So if you're sick of dating, like come do something about it by joining us and putting your, your momentum and energy behind a better system. I'm in there. If you if you're looking at this stuff and you're like, I want to go date Scott, go go find me in Levet. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna um, be our new marketing campaign. Hashtag yeah. date Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what have I done? Um, awesome. Well, uh, Mia, I always end these by telling everyone in the audience that I wish them all the best. So we wish you all the best. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for I don't know what's gonna come next, but there will be more. Mia. Thank you so much. You're so amazing.